0: You're listening to the bow hunter planet podcast, your gateway to the wonderful world of archery. Hey, everyone. Welcome tonight to the bow hunter planet podcast. It is myself, Tim Mazarana, along with, uh, Phil, I feel privileged. I got two co-hosts now, Jay Dumas and uh, Jamie Noteboom fellas. It's great to see you. Thanks for joining in here. And uh, also on the line with us tonight, we got Andy from Thorn Broadheads. And, uh, yeah, I gotta say, uh, I get really excited this time of year, you know, we're, we're in that, we're in that period of time where for us recording this right now, we're getting closer, very, very close into the into the start of the hunting season. And especially with um, the youth hunt coming up for the, for the early season hunt. Um excited because I, you know, my, we, we always get together with our kids and go hunting as a kind of a youth hunt camp. And, and my son's doing his hunter safety right now. I got to take him out to the, to do his field day, but, uh, it's it's gonna be a great year this year, I think. So, but I, I'm excited because Andy with Thorne, you, you guys, I mean, your broadheads. I gotta say, it's not often that that we see companies come out and just kind of flip the script on design and 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 uh, different features that that we've just never seen before. And I know I want to dig into that crown broadhead, but but Andy, if you could real quick, just give us a little bit of background. Uh, with Thor and Broadheads kind of how long have you guys been around how did you guys get started that kind of thing
1: uh, we we started our we launched in 2017 we did a a soft launch just to kind of test the waters a little bit and uh man the customers have been awesome uh the reaction that we get from the hidden blade technology we knew we were on to something so we just we poured gas to the fire we listened to the customers what they were looking for and In all honesty, most of our designs, like moving up to a two-inch cut, it it was all listening to the customer, you know, what they wanted, so we tried to provide it now. Of course, our main theme is the most accurate broadheads ever, field point accuracy, and we just tried to stick to that, and, man, it's been a fun ride so far.
0: That's awesome. So I want to start off with kind of basic design, not basic design, it is definitely not a basic design, but... Your, your design of your OG, your original broadhead, right? Can you yep. walk us through kind of the, the construction of that, get, give the viewers an idea of
1: like what it looks like? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, I've got the GI model, which is basically the same exact thing as the OG. Uh, the GI is designed for the 165 and 166 diameter, small diameter shafts.
0: That'd be your micro diameter type yes, of shaft? Sir.
1: But uh, it's basically, we pin the blades together, press them together inside the ferrule. Uh, we didn't want one blade to go without the other. That's where you get a lot of deflection going through animals. If one blade's open and the other's not, you're going to turn that brow head.
0: Yeah, you just got pure friction, right?
1: Yeah. So everything runs, you know, when it opens, it's going together. Uh, we designed a, a rip tip, we call it, that, it's designed to bind with the hair and the flesh of the animal. So you'll pack that up, and that's what pops the tip down into the blades. Uh, without that, if it was just a smooth trocar tip, speeds of these new bows and crossbows, it, it, it just basically blow through. So we, we had to have a little bit of a grabber tip, I guess, is the way people look at it. But I do want to clear something up on that. In the past, we had a lot of concerns about penetration because of this tip. If you get the tip in your hand and feel it, it, this is sharp all the way around. It's almost like a gut hook blade on these sides. So it's cutting as well. So, but like I said, we've been around five years now with all the success pictures and stories. uh, We're starting to make a lot of noise in this industry
0: that you are and i got a little story to tell about about your cron broadhead but will, will you give us a um a quick rundown of your overall lineup because you guys started with that og but you kind of have expanded from there right um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lack of a better term but you guys have you guys have expanded from there kind of your lineup um from that og can you give us a rundown of the of the different broadheads that you have and what the differences are
1: yeah i can uh the OG, of course, was original. It was for compound only. And as you know, the crossbow market was starting to catch fire. So we had to do something for a crossbow customer. So we come out with an HPX rated up to 500 feet per second. Uh, that was inch and three quarter cut. Customers was wanting a two inch cut. So we come out with a wrist that has the big 2.2 inch cut. Now this was for crossbow or compound. And as time moved on, everyone was asking about a fixed blade broadhead. Well, we're all about accuracy, field point accuracy. And just to tell the truth, a fixed blade broadhead is hard to get that kind of accuracy out of because they want a plane, you know. Blades yeah, are-
0: absolutely. I mean, it's well, basically acting like fins on the front of the, on the front of the arrow, right?
1: It's just like an airplane trying to soar through the air.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, a lot of testing, a lot of sleepless nights on this crown broadhead. We learned that if we can helically stack these blades down the ferrule and separate them just the right amount, and we go from a small blade down to the one inch cut, uh, we develop the most accurate fixed blade on the market. So now we can also put field point accuracy guaranteed on the crown package. So, all that was running well. We decided to, uh, Tim Gillingham, I know everybody knows old Tim, the Hammer Gillingham. He's uh, he's really big on those small damage to shafts. We started shooting them too, and penetration with those was just, especially a guy like me with a 27 and a half inch draw. Yeah. I need, I need a little help. So I designed this broadhead to glue in to the 165, 166 shafts they're uh-huh. tapped they're tapped on the back side where you can use the gold tip weight system so you can go okay. from 110 standard grain all the way up however many weights you want to stack and you can build your own arms
0: now 110 is kind of your standard for your micros right your micro diameters
1: it is for the inch and three quarter cut we also have a 2.2 in this okay And that's standard 120 grain okay but the good part is we can do away with all inserts and outserts. You can just take the broadhead itself and glue it into the shaft. So, oh, okay. And this no. year, actually did the signature series broadhead for Tim Gillenham. So now the GI is the hammer approved broadhead for this year.
0: I love it.
2: Andy, can you replace those blades uh, when you glue that into the shaft? To salvage that head, if you if you shoot an animal, can you reuse that head and that arrow as long as it's in good condition? Can you replace the blades in that, or is that something that you can't do?
1: No, you can definitely do that. We have a reblade program on our website. If okay. you do damage your blades, all you have to do is get on there. Uh, I think it's $7 for, per broadhead. You ship okay. it to us, we'll take the blades out and replace them with new blades for you because we have to use a press machine right to okay and uh but uh as far as gluing it in the shaft if you'll use the hot melt and of course you can heat the broadhead you can tune it pop it take, right out yeah well so it, it's pretty cool
2: okay but, and then i just had i had one question on your fixed blade you know you talked about the accuracy with that now how important is it to line that up with your fletchings or you guys are you concerned with that at all or nope. because you're so small you know as far as your um overall Look at that well, thing.
1: You guys know this as good as anybody. The back of the air is what steers the arrow. If you don't disrupt that terribly out front, the back of the air can do what it's designed to do. Right. When we helically stack those blades, we get a natural spin coming out. Okay. The back, back here's driving it and steering it. If you have two blades, it's like an airplane. You have three blades, it wants to try to walk left and right. Four right. Blades worse so it's just it was the grace of god that we got this right we we pretty much scrap that it, it's over hey guys welcome to the show thank you so much for taking the time to come check out bowhunterplant.com video podcast series right here on carbon tv before we get started i just want to say thank you to a couple companies that make it possible for us to do this great show and bring it to you i want to say thank you to cat work truck camp chef tinks cobra archery hha and hha usa mojack thorn broadheads victory archery burris reveal cellular trail cam deer cam coffee and under armor thank you guys and one more housekeeping item there is the new bowhunterplanet.com website up now go there log in check it out become a member and enjoy the show
0: got to say that cron broadhead is i think by far my favorite broadhead in the market right now um last year i shot crown and uh took a deer with it and it was a devastating blow i mean it was absolutely it looked it looked like i shot it with a rifle i mean that that's how that's how straight it went through the hole that it made. I mean, you say that it's a one inch blade on the back and people are like, oh, it's one inch, you know, I can go bigger than that. But I, but I, I don't think um, people understand what people need to understand is that that's the blade on the back. Yeah. You, you're stacking four blades on top of each other and or three in front of that one. Right. So I, I don't know if you've done a measurement, but when you compare cutting surface area with those four blades, Against like 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 your two inch, for example, is there is there similar cutting area when you include all four blades well,
1: what's on that co- crown versus like a two versus like your two inch? Believe it or not, when you take the overall cutting surface of this broadhead, the crown, it's three point two five inches of total cut. And I want to explain: other guys in the past have tried to curve the blades to core a hole out.
0: Yeah, Yeah. we've seen that in some other brands of broadheads.
1: You're killing penetration. It takes so much horsepower to to do that. So I thought to myself, why why don't we just cut a hole? Cut a one-inch hole that can't close up. And as you've seen with your deer, it leaves that. It looks like you shot it with a shotgun slug. Yes. It will not close up. It will bleed.
0: Yeah, and that, that thing, I mean, there was no there was no deflection in the shot. You know, there was no bone deflection or anything like that. I mean, it was a straight through and through all the way through, um, you know, instant. And the, the, the deer went down, I want to say within 25 yards from where yeah. I shot it, which, which for me is great. I've chased deer for two <laughs> miles
3: <but laughs> with my shots,
0: but that thing, I, it was so, so, so impressive. Um, I'm by nature just a I'm a fixed blade guy. I just always have been. It's just something that i have always shot. Um, and you're expandable, and I'm not knocking your expandable at all. But when you guys came out with that crown and I looked at it, I said, "What is this thing? A Christmas tree? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it kind of looks like, right? With the tapering blades and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we <laughs> shot it through the ballistics shell before I ever, you know, shot it, shot it uh, in the field hunting. And, and the, the hole that that made in the ballistics gel was just so impressive. Um, I had to try it. And uh, I mean, I, I, owe my, I owe last year's hunt to you guys. It was just that much of a, of a great broadhead. Um, I don't know if I would have got you know, as, as good of a recovery or, or pass through with anything else.
1: Well, yeah. we've, and it's funny that you mentioned Christmas tree. Scott and I so it was supposed to be on here today. I called him while we were developing And i told scott i said this is junk man it will not fly i don't know what to do we're going to scrap it the first thing out of scott nice's mouth was have you thought about a christmas tree (laughs) well when he said that went through my mind and i I had it i knew i said scott i gotta go i'll call you back true story three hours later i made this broadhead with some grinding tools and stuff i had went out and killed an eight point at 47 yards within three hours of making the brow day. that's awesome oh, that oh. is cool yeah so i
3: think i think i got my wi-fi fixed but tim, tim was talking about the ballistics gel and uh thank you because that is accurate enough for me to actually hit the ballistics gel every single time. <laughs>
0: the ballistics yeah. gel yeah. is only what about four yeah. inches by four inches? right, right. <laughs> no,
3: usually it's up in a corner down mm. here catches the side aside. or goes through yeah. the box
1: it'll
0: go through the first yeah. two inches and come out the side yeah
3: yeah
1: I was a little bit them guys at clear ballistics they make a great old big block too it's, it's, <laughs> you
3: might have to look
0: at it. we that. need to get yeah clear ballistics is I, I think what we what we actually use and uh yep. we need to look into getting those bigger blocks because we we typically use their longer four by four blocks yeah. and we'll stack them from time to time but uh man it, it's uh it is such a cool broadhead. Now, I know Jay, you, you talked a little bit earlier about replacement of the blades on the expandable. Yeah. Uh, Andy, can you talk about how the, um, blades go into the crown? Cause I, it's a little bit of a unique design. I think there's some sort of ball bearing in there. Is that right?
1: Yeah, there, uh, there's actually four ball bearings and we have a tip tool that'll come to the packages. We had to start packaging them unassembled. Uh, they're so sharp, and we were having problems with poking through the packaging. So now they come unassembled, but it's a real simple process. We already stacked the ball bearings in the ferrule for the customer. You'll lightly unscrew the tip and start with the big blade at the bottom and just work your way up, placing them in, in their slots, and then just screw the tip down. And so you, got, you
0: put blade in drop the ball bearing down put blade in drop the ball bearing down and just up until the top is that what you're saying
1: well you can do it that way but if you where we already have the ball bearing loaded in the ferrule when it comes in the package oh i see what you're saying okay slide them into the bearing, so you don't even have to take the ball bearings out Ah, that's awesome so but man i i gotta jump on the the hot rod of thorn our new one for this year yeah yes let's talk uh, and the price point, guys, $39.95 retail. Okay. And I had a customer call me last week. He said, uh, I've got the right 500, you know, and i I seen the XV. He said, but it concerns me that it's a lower price. Is it a cheaper broadhead? And, man, I, I studied that for a minute, and I thought, I, I understand what he's getting at, but I'll explain why. But here's the hot rod, y'all. 750 feet per second, this Broadhead's rated up to.
0: You're wow. ahead of the market on that.
1: We're ahead of the market. That's awesome. And we've seen something coming down the pipe, of course, crossbows. Who knows how fast it's going to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> but there's another market that's coming. It's the airbowl. Air... Right. And you know, we met some guys at ATA and they was like, man, you got a Broadhead that'll work with these things and uh some good friends up at pyramid air we kind of got together and talked i had this this design in mind for the fast crossbows we started sending it to them and they were shooting them at speeds up to 750 feet a second they're staying closed in flight and they're field point accurate so this xv is pretty special man
0: so talk to me about that like how how is that different in design than than your other expandables
1: Alright, I'll start with like the the riff broadhead. When you're into machining parts, every step that you do is going to cost you money, especially here in America, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yeah. And then some.
1: <laughs> and then, well, this is titanium tip in the Rift, which titanium is a very expensive alloy. Yeah. It's a moving tip that has to be pressed in, so there's a lot of movement in parts to that broadhead there well with the xv if you'll see we designed these small fins out here to catch to open the broadhead up so that way we didn't have to put a moving tip in the broadhead
0: ah okay
1: so we just tapped it and threaded it for a 70 75 aircraft aluminum tip
0: okay so and with that type of design there's no at that 750 feet per, feet per second, there's no um, issue with it potentially opening prehand, right? Exactly. With, with with that movable tip, right? Because yeah. on those crossbows, you got a lot of kinetic energy, potential energy, move, you know, moving into kinetic energy once it releases. So I, I got to imagine that 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 the fact that that tip is uh, not movable at all is really what's giving you that extra that extra speed capability
1: it is and you know there's a few designs to this broadhead that are a little bit different we actually it's hard to see but we sort of curved the blade on the inside and what that did it really helps it to handle major impact when you're traveling 650 feet a second a flat surface is not a good idea uh when it connects it it, something's going to give so we put that slight curvature on the inside, and the impact. I mean, you shoot this thing; it's it's unreal for the price point. We were very tickled that we could offer something like this to our customers for you know forty bucks. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, a. That's gr- a good I mean, that's for an amazing a set
1: of heads price for sure. point nowadays. Yes, sir. And you know, I I think you guys know this, but I, it don't get out there <laughs> enough. Everything here at Thorn Broadheads, every broadhead that we have is hand assembled in-house by our guys. So there's no machining putting the broadhead together. We do them all by hand.
0: That's what I like to hear. That and that's I think that's the best type of quality control too, right? I mean, when you're when you get into like automation and and all that kind of stuff, you know, there's samplings that people take for quality control, but when you got hands-on every single broadhead. I don't think you yeah. can ask for better quality
1: control than that. You got to keep that and quality control is just as important as customer service. You know, uh, I'll go ahead and say it. My cell phone is on the back of every package of Thorn Broadheads, and ninety-nine percent of the time when you call Thorn, you're talking to me. And I'm not gonna say there's some people that I wish they would have missed out <laughs> <but> <laughs> For the most part, man, customers are great. They just they have honest. Right. They want, you know, answers, and uh, so far it's worked out good. But I, I'm staying on the phone a whole lot more nowadays.
0: That well, so, that's good because you said something at the beginning of this um, that we hear from all of the top companies, and it's that you listen to your you listen to your customers. Yeah, right. You listen to your customers and what they want. But I think what's more important to that you listen to your customers when they find an issue right and and that's i think more important than somebody calling saying this thing's amazing i love it you want to hear the feedback that's going to help you improve the design
1: right uh, understand. What, but our guys can only shoot so many situations so many broadheads so many animals you know there's pro. it's mechanical there's going to be something's going to always happen somewhere down the road but if it's a reoccurring thing We take that serious. We want to break it down. We want to make it better and fix, you know, get that problem out of the way. And into our fifth year, I think we have really got things pretty much spot on now with all of our products.
0: Well, I mean, you you got the whole lineup.
2: Sorry, Jay, go ahead. No, no. I I was just curious. I I know people listening are probably curious as well. So that, that particular broadhead, what are you doing to keep those blades in place in flight?
1: Oh, it's the same containment that we use with all of them. It's the, the shear pin. Okay. Uh, you thread it through, snap it in place and cut the excess off and it's ready to go. Okay. But, you know, you nailed it, man. With it not having a moving tip, we can juice this thing up. I don't know how many feet a second we could go because it's staying contained. It's staying closed, you know, uh, before impact. Uh, we never diss on nobody else's designs, but you guys know, in that high-speed crossbow, there's a lot of broadheads that'll come open in flight. And yeah,
3: I haven't see. I haven't seen much over four hundred ish, so I just yeah. you know. Fixed. I actually, got Thorn in there now. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, you're talking about like rated, right? The broadheads right. being rated for over 400. Right. I think it is hard I, to find broadheads that are rated I'm over mechanical, 400.
3: It's hard to find.
0: You're right. Maybe 450, but I mean, right. you're if you're talking 750, that that I mean, that allows me That's to not unreal. only use it now on on my current broadhead, Andy that allows me to save up to buy one of those $500 crossbows. Cause that's going to take <laughs> me a little bit too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the technology is it's crazy how things have grown over the last, well, just in five years. Uh, when we first came out with HPX and said we were rated up to 500 feet per second, everybody was like, well, how do you know? There's nothing out there, you know, shooting that speed. Uh, I will say this, it'll blow your mind what 40 more feet per second will produce uh you gotta tame it stuff has to react at that kind of speed uh there's some broadheads on the market they'll stay closed but they won't open either yeah, right
3: go straight through
1: yeah. they're driving so fast so it, yeah there's i don't like the word science but there's, there's a lot of thought behind you know making sure they work the what they're supposed to yeah
0: well that that price point um you're making a little dent in being able to save up for that 500 foot per second crossbow too. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And I, you know, I think there's more coming to be honest with you. I think we've just kind of, I don't want to say you've seen the tip of the iceberg. I, I think we've seen the tip of the iceberg in, in the number of companies that are producing those 500 plus feet per second crossbows. Um, it's hard to imagine how much faster the crossbow industry can go but it was hard to imagine that they could even get to 500 feet right. per second as fast as they, as they did too. So I don't know if anything's going to surprise me at this point. Um, I, it's, it's, it's crazy how much power they're packing into those little right. packages. You now it can so. start
3: getting intimidating all that power in a little, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, something goes wrong. Woo, okay. They're doing no. good. All those bows that are going that fast. I haven't had issue
1: with. No. other than
3: losing all the fletchings off my bolts because it goes to the target
1: i mean you know like <laughs> oh i'm sure there's it's just like the new the air bows right uh you know a lot of guys going to say oh that's not archery and you know they said the same thing about crossbows that's not archery and man i'm a you know i'm a broadhead manufacturer for one but even if i wasn't as long as we're out there right. sharing the passions out in the woods and raising the kids, you know, to hunt. And I'm actually going to put up some blinds this week for my children and just carry it on, man, and stop fussing and fighting about what, when, and where. Just because our numbers are dropping. They have been for years. If uh, something comes along and it's legal and it gets you out there in the woods, more power to them. I mean, you know, crossbows for kids
3: are one of the best things that's ever happened. You know, my son was eight. I can't, he, he wasn't going to shoot a big, uh, high enough pounded, uh, compound to go no. hunt when he was eight. So, no, I, I it's,
2: think it's, it's important to get those, get those, uh, hunter numbers up and yeah. then take a look at how it's affecting, you know, uh, what we're using to, to harvest animals and take a look at how that's affecting what we're doing before we, we automatically jump on bashing everything while our it, hunter numbers are going down. Right. So if we bring those numbers up and, you know, we're managing and we're doing good things, then we have nothing to worry about. Right. But if right. we bring those numbers up and then all of a sudden, Hey, you know what, these, these air gun bows, they're, they're, they're doing too much damage. We're harvesting too many. It's too easy. Then you can take a look at it and maybe, but once you get people involved initially it's hook, line and sinker, it doesn't matter what they're doing. Now you can oh. tell, you know, if they told me tomorrow, you can't shoot anything, but a traditional bow, I'm still going to go hunting.
1: I'm so, going uh, right? but sort of answered the overall what's the number one thing that we hear complaint we hear it's not fair right we hear it's too easy well i'm 48 year old i've hunted since i was old enough to even know what hunting
2: was
1: (laughs) at the end of the day guys you do the same exact thing you go out in the woods you scout you hang your stands you prepare you cut shoot lanes some people bait you know the whole nine yards at the end of the day that deer still has to be in front of you you still have to be proficient with whatever you're shooting and you have to make a good ethical shot yes does it matter that it come out of a compound or recurve a crossbow, an air gun you, you see where i'm getting at no now? you
0: are you you're, you're preaching to the choir here <laughs> um I, I think we've had podcasts dedicated to this subject and uh it is. And, and, and to Jay's point, and to your point, I, it's really, it's about growing the industry. It's about being ethical. And I, I truly believe that a lot of the people that are the antis are the ones that have never tried it, right? Yeah. Everybody's an anti until you try it. Um, I'm traditionally a crossbow hunter. There's been, you know, everybody usually just knows that. That's something that I, that I've been doing for years is just pure crossbow hunting. And the hunt that I have when I go out with Jamie and when I go out with Dave and they're using a compound, and they'll use, they'll use a crossbow too. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. When they're using a compound and I'm using a crossbow, the hunt is no different. No, It is absolutely no different. The way we approach it, the way we set up, the, the way that we shoot and want our shots to be. And I'll even go so far as to say the distance that we take for the yeah. ethical yeah. shot. In most cases, are going to be the exact same thing so it really isn't a matter of what the the broadhead is getting shot out of it's everything that precedes that when it I'm, comes to the hunt
1: i'm real big on you know honesty a compound boat i've shot them for years you shoot you know asa back way back in the day we won't get into that but uh 40 yards i'm confident with my compound boat when crossbows come along, I am confident out to 60 yards. I'm not going to try to push that envelope on my compound or my crossbow. Nope. Yep. You got to be true to yourself, know your capabilities and what that equipment will do. And that's being responsible, whether that was right. a 22 Magnum or a 300 Win Mag. You 100%. Know, you got to know your equipment. Yep.
0: Right. And I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm always usually, con- usually a little bit controversial on this show and uh, what i'm gonna what i'm gonna say is that the antis the ones that are the the ones that are specifically the not fair guys right yeah. i truly believe those are the guys that had their big buck taken by somebody else and that's the only reason why they're pissed off about it
1: and <laughs> the guys that uh call people in to help drag their deer out that's oh, right that's <laughs> right
0: and state land's tough, man. I mean, shoot, it passes you by and somebody else gets the shot. It is what it is. And same thing with neighboring properties. I don't know how many times, Jamie, yeah, man, oh, you you man. have many stories about, about no. the big bucks on other people's properties, but if they touch your land, they're done and you're not going to care too, too, uh, two bits about it.
3: No. <laughs> so. Yeah. The, we, we have a neighbor back home who spends all this money on food plots a deer that the antlers are so just thick and <laughs> he won't. He doesn't bow hunt, and I'm like, "Well, you want me to get you a crossbow? Like you're growing these deer, you're spending God knows how much money in these fields, and then the 13 year old girl behind your property's taking pot shots at every single one."
2: Wow. September and then
3: the opening day gunny didn't even see one. He had a, he yeah, he almost a 200 intro out there, and they won't give I- me the video. Right? They'll show it to me,
1: but I they will give- Hugely important as a manufacturer, whatever you are in this business industry, whatever. I think when they start pounding pounding uniting as outdoors yeah we're all cut from the same piece of cloth at the end of the day the deer's going in the back of the truck you're going to use your skinning and knives and the meat's going in the freezer it we need to stop fussing amongst ourselves because they love it. they love to set oh, back yeah. and each other apart yeah So I think that's
0: a really important message and quite honestly, I I don't care if we talk about that on every podcast, because it is that of that much of an important message. It really is the unity of the hunting industry. And and it's not just it's not just because of us. It is because of the industry as a whole. I mean, you have so many you have so many things from the outside trying to attack the hunting industry. Right. And for us to be on the inside fighting a battle amongst ourselves. I mean, that's the quickest way to lose a war. Right. Is they have internal conflict. And I think there's books and war books about, you know, if, if you want to win the, win a war, you create an internal battle, right? Divinely you turn the conquer. people against their own, their own, turn the people against themselves. And that's the quickest way to win a war. Right. That's awesome. So uh, that's what we got to be careful with. That's proven yeah. out. Right yeah, I was say, that, that is. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. But you're not wrong, man. That that's that's real world for sure. Well, Dave's not here.
3: We could go political. You want to? Yeah.
2: You you talked about being being um, you know, true to yourself and knowing your uh, capabilities and all that kind of stuff. And I know that uh, there was a time when I used to shoot fixed blade. You know, especially coming up, there was no such thing as a mechanical head. Right? Everybody shot (laughs) aluminum (laughs) arrows. Everybody shot fixed blade. When was this? Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like. Late Man. 80s, 90s, right? But anyway, you would make sure that you glued your insert. You'd screw your broadhead all the way into your insert. Then you'd make sure you glue your insert so your your broadhead's lined directly up your fletching so you get the best flight path. At least that's what I thought, right? Through, through thought, trial yeah. and tribulation. But then I realized that, you know, bows got a little faster, let off got a little bit more. I'm able to, you know, practice and do things that I probably shouldn't be doing. And I'm shooting a little further. Well, you're shooting a fixed blade out past 30 yards. It's a gamble. I mean, I'll say it right here. And and that's been that way. I don't care what arrow I'm shooting, what broadhead I'm shooting. And that's why I moved towards a mechanical. And I did have some back and forth on it. You know, I had, I had some, some real good success with the mechanical. And then I had some real big letdowns because, you know, early on, there was a lot of design um, flaws that we had to overcome in the industry to, 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 to perfect this. But um, I think with what you guys are producing now, um, a lot of that stuff, you, you know, whether you guys will admit to it or not, you've probably learned from others' mistakes oh, and sure. use that to your advantage to design what you guys have now. And I have a package right now that I'm, I'm going to do a, some testing on some of your heads. And then uh, I'm going to put one of my quiver, see if I can't stick something. So I'm excited about it. But I think it's important though, to um, to remember that your capabilities are all about your equipment too, right? Oh, and, for sure. And, and how you practice and how you, you know, so if you got that field point accuracy, you might be able to get out past 30 and feel comfortable at 40 yards like you are, you know?
1: Well, you you take all the money that we put in our setups, our compounds, crossbows, arrows, releases. I mean, you can go on for days. Why is it the very last thing that most, and I was guilty of it too, why is it the broadhead is the last thing that we want to purchase, and it seems to be the last we don't really put a lot of thought into that. I've I've said this a while back. If I die, I'd love this put on my tombstone as the guy that quoted it. Nothing matters unless accuracy delivers it. Yeah. You can have the best of everything, but if that thing that's on the end of the air that does all the dirty work, the broadhead guys is the only thing that actually puts your animal down. It's got to go where you want it to, and two holes are better than one, you know. But why skimp on an accurate broadhead? You know, guys like, well, Levi Morgan, all right, he's in the the industry, and, you know, he's – you know which broadhead he's supporting. There's a reason Levi's whole life's been about pinpoint accuracy. Now, he, you see how important it is to him. Well, look at some of the videos, some of the shots that dude makes out here in these fields on some of these deer. You want your air to fly, true. You put a, just a Walmart broadhead on there, good luck. You're going to get Walmart results.
3: Yeah, $1,500 right. bow and a
0: $4 broadhead. Might as well throw a beanbag at it.
2: I'll yeah. take the field point accuracy over cutting diameter or, or anything else you throw at me any day of the week yeah 100%. we've
3: got we've got caught up into some of that what do we, yep. i think we had this broadhead had like a four inch cut right and i'm like eh, well we got to try it and i hit <laughs> this deer perfect just and i think it got stuck on two ribs and bounced yep. out <laughs> yeah right i'm yep. like any other broadhead i would have used would have just
2: slipped right, it right through, through. yeah
3: We we talked about this
0: a little bit ago, consistency, right? Consistency in what you're in what you shoot and how you shoot it. And that, that comes down a little bit to, to the manufacturing, right? I mean, the the way that you guys manufacture it, have your hands on every single piece that that goes out your door is extremely important when it comes to consistency. I mean, when you shoot a broadhead, you want to make sure that when you were taking your practice shots, that it's shooting the same or or that it is shooting like a field point if it it claims field point accuracy right if i shoot a a field point and that's how i'm sighting my bow and that's how i'm taking my practice shots then i expect if your broadhead says field point accuracy then that's the way it shoots and uh, no doubt about it you guys are doing that so
1: well as a manufacturer you at the end of the day you have choices you can uh you can support gimmicks that have a flashy name and flashy colors and look cool or you can support something that's not a gimmick and try your best to give to your customers i always try to stay customer minded i don't i try to think like a customer i want what i put my money in to do what it says it's going to do and on the other hand if it fails i want to be able to call a real person up and talk to somebody good luck with a lot of the industry getting that done.
0: yep. and, and somebody that is willing to listen, right? Yes. There's a third component to that. um somebody that's actually willing to listen and 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 hear about what's going on uh, because they care. and and that's hugely important, hugely important. And you know, it, uh, I gotta it, say though, you guys have, I think, the best of both worlds. and i'm not I'm not saying gimmick at all, but when you talk about cool looking and consistency and accuracy, yeah, I'm telling you it, it, that, 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 that crown broadhead, you can look at it on the website and go to thrown, thorn, dot and check it out, but you got it. You got it. If you get it in person, because it is one of the coolest broadheads in person that I've ever seen on top of it, performing better than any other fixed broadhead that I've shot in a really long time.
1: It's uh, we started to call it the murder hornet. <laughs> I love it would get in a little trouble there but yeah
0: <laughs> i love it
2: cancel culture it gets you yeah. for sure
1: we're we're a christian faith company you know and uh we don't hide that we don't shove it down their throats but you know the crown of thorns right you know, it's where it carries its name and some of the other stuff in our packaging and everything but you know i can't never not give glory to him because without him none of this would have been possible i'm not right
2: now <laughs>
0: I love you, it, man. Yeah,
2: you, you put that first. I think everything else is going to fall into place. I agree with you, Andy. Perfect. Yep.
0: Now, Andy, I one, one other question just industry general question. Um, we what I've kind of been seeing over the last 18 months is kind of a graduation, if you will, of people moving more and more towards a, a heavier arrow setup. I know you guys offer 100 grain, you guys have 110, 120, 125s. Have you guys seen uh, from, from your point of view, uh, people wanting more of that heavier setup,
1: especially in the crossbow side of things. Um, we had a customer a few, a few months ago, call me and, and he was actually shooting the Crown. He'd ordered it. And he shared some information with me. He was shooting, uh, bolts, I think it was, and they were, uh, 400 and something grains somewhere's around in there. And he was getting not real consistent flight. He went up and basically got close to 500 grains. And he said that he was two inch groups at 90 yards with a fixed blade broadhead. No way. So, you know, Tim Gillingham covered this really good on his uh, Instagram video the other day. We practiced with little short field points. OK, there's no difference in the grain, but you got to think of the length of this, any broadhead. They're longer than you feel point. Yeah. 20, 30, maybe even 40, it's not really going to show. But when you get out there in them long ranges, it's going to start showing. If you're shooting a floppy arrow, I've always said this, we get uh, the guys that say they get no penetration. Well, we try to walk them through it and see what, you know what spine arrow they shoot well you've got a guy that's shooting 70 pound and he's shooting a 400 spine arrow it's basically like one of those door stops you used to play when you was a kid yeah. well, that's yep. what you're it lo-
0: it's like a fish swimming through the ocean right it just wobbles
1: <laughs> well what we learned through testing through the years when that air is wobbling and it hits all the kinetic energy went out the door
0: yeah, because it's in that sideways motion. You're, you're. It takes a lot to move that arrow.
1: And there's a fine line. You can go too stiff, too heavy. Uh-huh. I get, it, but you know, Tim Gambleham's got a pretty good chart to go by. Of course, you know, go to tip. But uh, for me, I'm shooting twenty-seven and a half draw, seventy-two pound, and I'm shooting a three-hundred spine arrow. Man, my accuracy's crazy. My penetration's crazy. You got to play around with this stuff, but I agree. Right. A little bit heavier, a little bit stiffer is going to do you far better than light and floppy airs.
0: I like it. I like it, man. So, if I'm looking to to purchase thorn broadheads, how can I find your products, Andy? Are you online only in stores? What do you got,
1: man? We're in stores. We're growing like crazy, but uh, I will say thornbroadheads.com. We have everything in stock and everything ships same day.
0: that's awesome and that that's great shipping too you don't get same day shipping from everybody so that's awesome man well andy i really appreciate you joining us tonight we love you guys over at thorn broadheads um like i said and i'll I'll say it again you guys have some really great stuff going on whether it's no matter whether it's expandable or fixed uh gotta go to thornbroadheads.com and and thank you so much for sharing your insight not only the industry but broadheads in general and what people should be looking for and what sets you guys apart because you do guys have you guys do have something special going on
1: we appreciate it man we love opportunities like this to you know get the word out there especially about our christian faith business and we appreciate you guys too amen
0: thank you thank so you. much andy for joining us and we'll we'll talk to you soon
2: good All luck right. setting those stands All up with time, the kids man. The Bowhunter Planet podcast would like to thank our outdoor partners for their support. It's because of these companies we can keep this show
0: educating, entertaining, and growing the archery heritage.